The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, principal at Top Sale Strategies, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow only on her strings. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you, your company, can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, Starbucks. Yeah, have I got your attention now? Starbucks has redesigned its rewards program and is launching a new app. Thank you, Ben Frederick, for your article in Marketing Daily about this. Now, if you're a Starbucks fan, you already know this. Starbucks launched its new mobile app to go along with their new rewards program, which is not without controversy, by the way. The rewards program is one of the most successful in the industry and is also often lauded as the model to kind of uh, model yourselves after. Well, the rewards program is now going to offer stars based on dollars spent in stores rather than the frequencies of purchase that the old system was based on. More than 17 million of you use that Starbucks app. By the way, I'm not one of them. I'm a caribou girl, just for the record. Uh, But mobile payments accounted for about 20% of all Starbucks in-store transactions here in the U.S., Now, if you do have the app, you can redeem those stars slash rewards and offers through the order and pay platform, which is a feature that was not available until now with this new campaign. It is a part of an effort to create a more personalized experience for customers. You're going to hear me talk a lot about that. I feel like that's kind of the theme for 2016 is this more personalized experience for customers, whether it's online, on mobile, in store, you're going to hear it a lot. Well, the numbers of tiers have gone from three to two, now green and gold. And you can earn stars outside of Starbucks through Spotify, Lyft, and J.P. Morgan Chase, just to name a few. So it'd be interesting to see how uh, consumers are liking or not liking this app. I'm sure we'll see lots of reviews here in the coming weeks. Well, my purse profile today is the Kate Spade shopper. I bet she's a Starbucks woman. She's age 35, mom of three, married, household income of over 60K, working part-time, doing a lot of online shopping, but really does like to go in store to shop as well, especially during the holidays. Um, She's very fashion aware, likes to be unique. She's very optimistic, she says, loves the life that she has, doesn't worry too much about the future, and just likes to enjoy what she can. She experiences um, lots of things and likes to seek out those experiences, including taking risks, doing things at the spur of the moment, sees herself as an adventurer. Uh, She switches things up to keep things fresh. She likes change and novelty and loves to indulge those kids with the things that she didn't have. So she's shopping at Kohl's, Nordstrom, Pier 1, Pottery Barn, Victoria's Secret, Gap, The Limited, Crate and Barrel, to name a few. She's driving a Volkswagen wagon, Toyota, and a Chrysler. She loves Kate Spade. That's why she's the Kate Spade shopper. Also, Ann Taylor, Victoria's Secret, and Donna Karen. Um, she's reading Parenting, Cosmo, Vanity Fair, People, in Style, to name a few, and loves Bravo, E, HBO, HGTV as well. Well, my guest today is here to talk about women 
diversity issues, ethnic issues, all facing the PR industry. Steve Barrett's the editor-in-chief of PR Week. PR Week is really the Bible for many of us in the PR industry. Epitomizes the modern business publishing brand spanning online, print, events, social media, incorporating a paid-for-content strategy and gated website. It launched in 1998 and has been by my side ever since I entered the industry, and I'm really thrilled to have Steve on today to share his thoughts on this very important topic facing all of us, whether you're in the industry or not. So stick around. Steve Barrett, Editor-in-Chief of PR Week, joins me when we return. Her Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Steve Barrett, Editor-in-Chief of PR Week. Those of you in the industry very much well know PR Week. It epitomizes the modern business publishing brand, spanning online print, events, social media, incorporating a paid-for-content strategy, and gated website. Those of us in the profession read PR Week religiously, and of course, we certainly are very aware of Steve Barrett, who provides his point of view very often um, online and in book. You may recall that PR Week launched in 1998 and is considered the essential title for PR professionals in the U.S., and I have been reading it for years, and so therefore I am thrilled to have Steve on the program today. Welcome. Maria, it's great to be with you. Thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Those people listening today, some of them are in PR, some of them are not in PR, and in fact, some are in advertising or they may be running their own um, businesses. Can you talk a little bit about PR Week and the role your publication plays in the industry for those who aren't in the know? Yeah, I can. And, and actually, what you said then is quite inter- interesting because a lot of the disciplines are merging now, you know, so the things that they do are becoming similar and everyone's moving into the same space to a certain extent. So advertising, PR, media, digital is all becoming around what we call peso, which is a mix of paid, earned, shared and owned media. And in PR, you would traditionally have, have dwelt in the earned part of the equation. And, and advertising would have been the paid part. But with the onset of social media and digital and brands becoming content owners in their own right, content producers in their own right, so that's the owned part. It's where brands and companies produce content themselves. And the shared part is the social part. And as we all know, I think that's increasingly how we consume content, consume information these days. So if you're talking about being in communications, you've got to really be across all of those um, phases of the process now you can't just dwell in one place where you know which used to be earned so for PR week and our readers it's an incredibly fascinating time it's a fast-moving time is I, I like to say it's a very exciting time but also a little bit frightening because nobody's really sure what's you know what's around the corner and things change so fast but um, you know our readers are uh, a mixture of agency professionals, so on the agency side of the business, and then the clients, those are the people working in-house at companies and brands, and then the people who provide products and services around that. And I think one of the things, one of the trends we're seeing is that PR often plays more in the marketing space now as well as the pure communication space because social and um, those sort of ways of communicating are right in the wheel wheelhouse of PR professionals. It's all about storytelling it's all about getting a message across and um, and the skills that PR people have are, have never been in more demand. And, and um, in fact, it's, it's funny because a lot of journalists are now going into PR because of that rising content and branded content and storytelling. So there's a lot of my profession actually moving into the PR and marketing space. It is a natural fit. You know, uh, 13 years ago, I was a journalist, consider, and I still consider myself a journalist at heart, having come out of TV news. And I was a little ahead of my time back then, but it has been great to see more and more journalists coming over to the PR industry because of storytelling. You're absolutely right. We have to feed the content beast these days now more than ever, and I think journalists are well-equipped to do that and do so with high quality you know, not everyone's equipped to do so with quality. So that's um, right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Do. I applaud, also, you get I a decent that. wage, living wage, unlike us poor, poor penniless <laughs> journalists. <laughs> oh, Steve, I'm not too worried about you, but I do. I, you're right. It, it probably is a little bit better paying uh, on the the PR side of things for sure. Well, and you do quite well. I mean, you author so many articles and blog posts and you really are a thought leader for all of these important issues facing the industry. And as you said, the industry is quite broad today. 
because it is about storytelling, no matter the discipline that you may be in. And it was your article uh, that I happened to read highlighting International Women's Day. And for those of you who aren't familiar, that's March 8th. And it was a follow-up to another blog you wrote a couple of months previous, and that focused on gender diversity. Now, those who listen to Purse Strings on a regular basis know that this is one of my passion points. So I was really heartened to see that it is indeed one of yours as well. Why did you choose to devote two entire articles to this topic within months of each other? Well, basically because um, 70% of my readers are female. You know, the profession is made up of 7 out of 10 of every PR professional is is a woman. So it's uh, a massively important issue in the industry. But when you look at the more senior levels of the industry, you see that obviously 7 out of 10 leaders aren't women. So it tends to be much more male dominated at that end of the industry so that was that's why it's such a, an important issue um in terms of gender diversity as well as other types of diversity as well you know including ethnicity that you have to have people working on your accounts and working in, in communications that represent the clients the customers you know who your clients are trying to reach and um so that's why i felt it was important um a lot of people don't necessarily like individual days like that, International Women's Day, but it, it, it is a good chance to raise um, discussions and awareness of an issue. So I felt it was well worth going in with another point, another article on the, on the issue, because uh, just because I think it is really important to our readers. Yeah, if, you look at our, sorry, if, you, if you look at our salary survey, which had come out in the interim, it showed, again, a massive disparity in the salaries between men and women in the industry. So if you look at um, the top echelons of the industry, it's, it's staggering, really. There's a $45,000 disparity between males and females doing essentially the same level of job. So those are the most senior levels. It's it's about 38,000 for those with more than five years' experience. And then for those with less than five years, it's much closer, as you might expect, which is it's 49,000 for women, 55,000 for men. But it's still more for men. So I think that's why it's such a big issue. That, um, and that reflects, I suppose, the fact that more women are in more junior positions. But even in the junior roles, there's still a disparity in wages. Right. Well, we know that wage disparity is kind of an issue no matter what industry you're in these days. It's been plaguing not sure. just the PR industry, but the ad industry, corporate America at all levels. And it it is a nationwide issue. Um, I've talked a lot about the advertising industry here on Purse Strings. And I was happy to note that while small, some progress had been made, moving the 3% to 11% in the number of creative creatives um, in that industry who were women. Thanks a lot to Kat Gordon for her work there, spearheading that. And a lot of agencies have jumped on the bad wet bandwagon since. That effort's been underway here in the U.S. for a number of years. Uh, but it's still way, way, way too slow. What do you see as the major barriers to faster progress? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. And I, it really struck home to me when I was in Cannes last year in the south of France for the um, Festival of Creativity, um, which is, I can't really complain too much about having to spend time there, but that's one of the tough things I have to do to go and cover that. But they had, they introduced last year a thing called the Glass Lions. So they have a Lions program for each discipline, so creative, um, media, PR, 
digital, etc. But they introduced one for a glass lion um, to reward work that celebrated uh, gender diversity, and um, which is great, you know, very laudable. But when you actually were there in the auditorium and all the winners were coming up, it was still guys who were <laughs> winning all these awards. So even in the work that is supposed to celebrate gender diversity, it was still predominantly guys who were coming up to be awarded. And it really struck home um, <laughs> to everybody there. Um, one, one thing I would say, the winning um, entry and the, and the best most awarded entry of the whole show was actually the Always Like a Girl campaign. I don't know if right. you're familiar with uh, that. Very which familiar. Was sort of, yeah, yes. shattering gender stereotypes. And that had a heavy PR component. Um, but that was one um, category, and that was, that was one winner that did have a predominantly female team. And so I was really pleased to see that because that's MSL group and Leo Burnett, the advertising agency, and a great campaign. But the rest of them were, frankly, mostly guys. So I think that's got to change. You know, that... 3 to 11%, of course, that's progress. That's nearly four times, but it's still pathetic, really, isn't it? And if you think <laughs> only one in 10 creatives is women in, in this day and age. So I do think it's more of a pro even more of a problem in advertising than it is in PR. And you only have to look at some of the stories recently. I can't really comment in detail on that JWT CEO situation, but obviously oh, there's a court yes. case pending there. But some of the things that were, you know, that, that seem to be happening there if they're symptomatic of an industry, it's, it's an industry that's still living, not but not just back in the madman age, but in the dark ages. So if there are attitudes like that still prevalent in the industry, then that needs to change. And uh, so that's, that's, that's one thing. But um, I think when you say, what can we do to change it? One of the things I pointed to in my blog was that uh, initiative in the UK by the Institute of Practitioners in Advertising, which is the trade body, which is the equivalent of the four A's over here. And what they did was actually set some targets to uh, gender and ethnic diversity targets to be met by 2020. So they had to, uh, all the agencies, and these, this includes all the global holding company agencies, so the Omnicoms, WPPs, Publicis, Interpublic Group, agreed to reach, reach certain targets. Um, one was for women to hold 40% of senior executive positions within all advertising and media agencies by 2020. Um, so I think that's one interesting way that we could look at doing it, actually setting targets. Now, I know some people don't like targets. They see it as maybe a form of quotas or something like that, and they, they fear either people are not getting the jobs on merit or they fear that once we reach that level, people will stop, so it becomes an artificial ceiling. But I think something has to change because after so many years of talking, it's time to start doing and, and start really making sure something changes. So, if, you know, we... I think it's such an important issue that something more has to be done than just worthy initiatives and worthy sort of talking shops and navel-gazing. We've got to go beyond that. Well, and to your point about setting targets, if you don't measure it, it doesn't get done, right? That's the age-old thing. That yeah. If, if, yeah, if you don't measure it, it's not getting done. And so it's one way to say we've got some measures in place. And uh, that's what success would look like. And we're really starting from the bottom of the barrel, gang. So let's... Let's try to get it up there in a fairly fast timeline. I mean, it's 2016 now. We're only talking about four years from now. And I know Omnicom came right out and made that announcement of their commitment. And Omnicom, for those listening who may not know, was one of the largest 
global holding companies out there has numerous advertising and PR agencies um, around the globe under its auspices. So that was very big. Um, and to your point earlier about PR agencies, the majority of, of people in PR are women. But, um, you know, I'm not seeing too much here in the U.S. about trying to change that threshold here. What is your thought about what U.S. agencies are or are not saying around this topic? Yeah, well, first point on, um, I know from running campaigns myself and setting targets that you need to set targets that you think you're capable of hitting. Otherwise, it becomes a damp squib. So, Whilst I did actually think those were slightly ambitious targets, the IPA set, the Omnicom actually came out and, and said on International Women's Day that they'd already met those, in fact, exceeded those targets, which is fantastic news, obviously. But obviously, they must have known that <laughs> you know, when this, when this uh, whole call to action by the IPA came in. But what I would say then is, well, if you can, Omnicom is, is as you say, it owns Fleischmann Hillard, it owns Ketchum, it owns Porto Novelli. It's actually just uh, made quite a radical move by moving uh, Karen Van Bergen, mm-hmm. who used to run Porto Novelli, to a group role across all the Omnicom agencies. Um, so that's putting a woman in a very powerful position where she, where now the other agency bosses actually report to her. So I think that is a positive move. But if they can do those targets, set targets and meet targets like that in other parts of the world, then why can't they do it in the States? That That is a really good question. You know, is there a little bit more nervousness over here because it's maybe it's a slightly more litigious society? I don't know. Are there different employment rules in place in certain areas? Does it vary from state to state? I'm sure there are reasons why, but they do seem a little bit more reluctant to commit to it over here than they than they were in Europe and you know that was really one of the points of my blog was well isn't it time that we we actually looked at this and considered it seriously exactly i mean it's it's here we are in the us well but then you know i won't get on my soapbox steve cuz then we'll be here all day but we almost operate like get on your soapbox for a bit come on <laughs> we're like a third world country here in the us when it comes to diversity be like speaker's corner yes exactly take a look at our you know Senate and Congress and what's going on with our presidential election. I mean, we just are not anywhere close to other com- uh, other countries when it comes to the numbers of women in high-profile, powerful decision-making positions. And so, it, while it is surprising that we're not seeing a lot of hand raisers here in the U.S. coming from those agencies, it's kind of aligned with us as a country, sadly. So, yeah. I, fe- I feel... I'm really, really quite sad about it. Um, it's interesting because I... Yeah, I, just... I, I see what you're saying. But, I mean, you know, you have to, you've got the first black president. You may well have the first female president. Um, who knows what's going to happen in that race? So that's another topic for another show. But, um, uh, you know, you're, in some ways, the U.S. is quite progressive. Um, there's never been a black prime minister in the U.K. We had one female prime minister, Margaret Thatcher. Um, but you know, frankly, I, I couldn't. I, I don't see any any time soon when a black prime minister is um, appointed in the UK. So, um, in some ways, America is quite progressive. So, I don't. Um, yes, of course, there's a lot more to be done in politics generally. I think, and I think if you look at the countries where there are strong female leaders, actually, it, it does bring a lot a different look at Germany under Angela Merkel, exactly. and look at some of these other countries. You know, they do bring a different. Um, frankly a slightly more 
progressive and pragmatic and, and can-do attitude to the job, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously, I think in PR in many ways, we're actually, you know, we're preaching to the choir a little bit because it is such a, it is pretty diverse industry, but it's still, even in this industry, is a, is a long way to go in terms of gender and ethnicity. So, yeah, it's good, yes. good questions. Exactly. Well, and, you know, you already talked about the, the change at the top there with the Porter Novelli move. And there's, there's you know, Weber Shanwick has some of the highest ranking female executives of any, of any agency. So there definitely has been more women taking leadership positions. But to your point before, it's still not at uh, majority numbers or even equitable numbers. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on, in PR specifically, what's kind of causing us to lag there? Well, I think there are there are um, a lot of women in senior. There are women in senior positions. Mm-hmm. They're not always in the top job. Um, it it ebbs and flows. I think I remember when I first got here. I think there were there were only maybe one or two. Donna Imperato over at uh, Conan Wolf. There's uh, Marjorie Krause at APCO. Um, but there weren't many other senior women, and, and there have been more um, since then. Karen being one of them. Um, and then you have, like you said, very strong and, and fantastic women who will come on to a bit later that we've just honoured in our Hall of Fame, such as Gail Hyman at Weber Shamwick and um, Barry Rafferty over at Ketchum. So, yeah, the, you know, I think uh, most of the agencies are aware of this and they are trying to put mm-hmm. that. And you can't just change these things overnight, can you? You have to put a, a process in, in place that will firstly make some immediate changes but also see, you know make something that's sustainable and is going to exist for the long term and give a, a runway in the long term for great talent of whatever gender or ethnicity to come through and, and thrive in the organization and i think they're they're all trying to do that and some of them are being more successful than others mm-hmm. right i do want to talk about your first pr uh week hall of fame in just a minute but we're going to take a quick break steve so everyone stick around through the break with me we'll have more from steve barrett when we return her strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. 
Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back. I've been chatting today with Steve Barrett, Editor-in-Chief of PR Week, and we've been talking about gender diversity, or I shall say the lack of that, based on two articles that Steve has written over the last several months addressing this very big issue that looms large over most of corporate America, but specific in his blog articles to advertising and public relations, which, as Steve so wisely noted early in the show, that it's not just earned, it's paid, owned, and shared, and all of these um, industries are converging into really more and more one kind of industry. And um, in your issue of PR Week just this past month, you launched your very first PR uh, Week Hall of uh, fame or femme, depending on femme, how yeah. you want to. Yes, exactly. Hall of Femme Fame, I guess. So talk a little bit more about the women who made that list and why you chose to do your Hall of Femme and um, who you, how in the world you decided to feature who you featured. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think it comes back a little bit to that um, thing about should we have an International Women's Day, you know, or should we actually, or is that actually, you know, counterintuitive with with some of the issues we've been discussing. On balance, we felt it was important to celebrate the, the fantastic women in our industry. And because a lot of them are not necessarily the number one in their agencies, um, we don't always get a chance to feature them as much. So, for example, we have a power list that comes out later in the year. But we usually put the number one in the agency on that. So, you're automatically narrowing down the, the list of fantastic women who we, who we can celebrate. So that was one of the reasons we did it, to just pick out the, the first group. And we're going to do this every year. And um, this, this was uh, released in April. The first group of women who are real trailblazers, the, the, the women who PR pros coming into the industry can look up to. And I'm talking all PR, PR pros, not just young women, but young men as well, to strive to make a difference and really sort of bring creativity to the profession, challenge the status quo, because that's what great PR pros have to do, and, and really push for big ideas that are going to change communications and um, change brands and, and really work well for clients. So that, that was really what we were thinking, and we wanted to mix it up and have a good group of both in-house client-side people and agency-side professionals and a range of different type of organizations as well. And what we did alongside it was have a separate list of what we call champions of PR. Mm-hmm. And they were women across the whole gamut of the profession who, you know, they're the next generation, if you like, of um, senior leaders. So we, we've got a great group. Um, I think it's about 35 on that list. We had nine on the Hall of Fame. They're all going to be honored at a celebratory breakfast in May, which is going to be a fantastic event. And we're going to, in fact, love you to come along to it. And um, we're, we're going to have a discussion about some of the topics we've been discussing today and see if we can move this discussion forward and actually get something done. So that's, that's really why we did it. 
Yes, well, congratulations on that. I applaud you for your list, and it is quite impressive. For those of you who would like to see it, just go to prweek.com, and you'll see it um, right there, Hall of Femme, very prominent. And those of us who've been in the industry for a while recognize a lot of these names, have worked with some of these women, and um, it is. It's a really robust list, and in this topic of women in leadership, it's nice to see a list like this. It reminds us that we do have really fabulous women in leadership positions who are making a difference each and every day on behalf of their clients and their agencies. So, um, you know, when those of us are feeling a little low, let's just go back to the PR week list of the Hall of Fame. Um, but, yes, but I should say one thing on that, Sir Maria. I mean, I, I can't take credit for this. It was uh, my executive editor and PR Week's executive editor, Bernadette Casey, who's put this all together, and she did a fantastic job along with the rest of the team and um, really leading on, on, on doing this great content and you know, had a fantastic response, thousands of shares, and people really seemed to get a kick out of it. So, you know, on balance, I think this sort of thing is a positive thing and something that, uh, you know, is, is a celebration of great talent. So I think, uh, you know, we're, we're really pleased with how it went. Yes, as you should be, and congratulations to Bernadette and the team as well. So before we leave today, what call of action would you like to give to decision makers in our industry today? And as you think about that, those of us who are in this industry, what can we do to help change come faster, Steve? Well, I think it's, you know, this, this, these issues aren't easy, but they're not new either. They've been around for generations, and I think we need to have made more progress than we should have, well, than we have so far. So I think that, I mean, it's very simple, really. You just have to pay men the same as, pay women the same as men. I mean, is that difficult? I don't know. I mean, you know. Shouldn't be. If, <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody actually said that when we did a survey on this, what what needs to happen next one. They said, well, pay women the same as men for doing the same job. And I think that sounds like a pretty good starting point to me. Um, I think these targets, I, I, can, I understand that, that, you know, sometimes they can be problematic. But I think if everybody gets together and does works as an industry and PR Week's happy to play a convening role on this, just as our sister title campaign did on the IPA initiative in the UK, um, why, why don't we do this? You know, I mean, if, if the holding companies, the same holding companies are doing it in one part of the world, why can't we do it over here? You know, I really think that would be um, a, a step towards making some some real progress. This isn't just on gender diversity. This is on ethnic diversity as well. So the, I would say those are a couple of things we can do. And, and then for those who work in the industries, well, I think most women, most senior women already do this. They're, they are mentors to a lot of people in the industry, but I think helping younger people of all type of all types to get ahead to provide great role models and to give them a sort of demonstrate a path to improvement and, and give them opportunities because um, young people often get a bad rep as well don't they we, yes, they know, do. people are very easy to sort of get be down on millennials and that's something we've been writing about as well actually a lot of the millennials I meet, and I hate that term in a way because it's just sort of labeling a whole generation, when, which which is is not a productive thing to do. But you know, young people are working really hard in this industry, and they're producing um, some great work, doing great client work, and that's another thing we're doing. In our, uh, we do a, a 40 under 40 list actually, in later in the year, and that that really celebrates young people as well in the industry, and we make sure 
that's a really diverse list too. So just providing great role models, trying to work within your own company, and then maybe putting a bit of pressure on um, the holding companies and the employee and the employers to to maybe set some proper targets to so we can move this forward. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Steve, and thank you for your leadership on this topic. And I wish you the best of luck in May with your Hall of Fame celebration. And I'd love to come join you for that because it is one to celebrate for sure. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, and everyone. Go to prweek.com to learn more. If you don't already subscribe, you should. And you should be reading that. Thanks to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. The opinions expressed on this Cranberry Radio program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry Media. Any redistribution of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 